Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. Well, 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 it is a sight to see y'all. How is it going? Welcome to the Big Brother Recap with Reality Now. I'm with always, as always, Will. How you doing, Will? Really good. Yeah. Great. And uh, I'm also with this guy, Tommy, that I think I know from somewhere. <laughs> What's Tommy, up? What's up, guys? How, how are you, man? I'm so great. I'm just loving this season of Big Brother. It's the best time of the year, um, and just love yes, it. Sir. Hey, everything's good. Yeah, yeah. I love you. it too. Thank you for having yeah. me. This is so exciting. I love talking Big Brother. So, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So First guest on the Big Brother so podcast. What was that? Yeah, well. I said we're grateful to have you here with oh, us. Thanks. Thank um, you. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, uh, first guest on the Big Brother podcast. Awesome. Always a good one, Tommy. You're fantastic. Uh, yep. Love having you. How has life been for you? I know you're a Broadway star, been in Pretty Woman, um, things like that. Uh, you were on the challenge for a stint. I, I watched that. Um, how's life How's life gone for you, dude? Life is great. Um it's funny because I feel like everything just works out the way it's supposed to. And what I mean by that is like, it was a dream of mine to go on Big Brother. And it was it was a dream come true when I, the experience was amazing for me, I loved it. Um, but what I didn't anticipate is coming off the show and a pandemic hitting. And yeah. I am very grateful that because of Big Brother, what like what comes afterwards is um, a bunch of people who love the show and a, a community and um, social media brands like to work uh, brands like to work with me on social media. So I'm very grateful that Big Brother happened when it did because the Broadway industry is still really struggling and it's um, still hasn't fully come back from COVID, honestly. Uh, just because tourism drives Broadway and tourism in New York, is still down it like people aren't coming there anymore so um i'm very grateful for big brother uh but also i recognize that 
without it happening when it did, I would have been really struggling right now, financially speaking. And I, I am just, I'm grateful that that didn't have to happen to me. Um, so that's kind of been my life since Big Brother was, uh, since Broadway is not fully back. Um, I've been working on social media and it's great. It's super fun. And uh, I am engaged, which is great. And I get to hang out with my family a lot and um, and I podcast. So that's kind of yes. my life. Let's talk about that. Um, when did you start the podcast? Do yeah. a little plug. Tell us about it. So thanks. Uh, we, My family and I have always been obsessed with reality TV. We love reality TV. Um, we were watching Big Brother for years and years and years together. And uh, I mean, like before I went on the show, we would always watch the, the Thursday live evictions together and all because we're a huge Italian family. So all of us would be screaming at the TVs together. It, it was so much fun. Uh, so after I finished Big Brother, we kind of just got together and we were like, let's 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 make a podcast out of this. Let's um, do a show. The reason why it happened actually is because when I was on the show, my family was running my social media account and they would do lives on Instagram after every episode. And it just caught on like the fans of big, big brother fans were catching on to my family's lives and they were loving it. And my family loved talking about big brother. So when I joined into the mix, when I got out of the house, we were like, let's, let's do this for real. So that's kind of how it came to be. And since then uh, I do the show with my cousin Angelica and my father and uh, my cousin Angelica was actually on The Traders. So she is also I a reality person, which is pretty cool. And uh, my dad's just nuts. So he brings a lot to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see he um, was labeled as, I think, the accountant was his yeah. title. I yeah, love that. He's just a random accountant. But fun fact, <laughs> he and my cousin were actually um, flown out to london to potentially be on the circle but then they uh they got cut last minute but oh that, no but that's how studio lambert found my cousin angelica through the circle process oh he could have started like a Bracco family dynasty i know well, <laughs> at some point my dad will get on a show too we're sure it's gonna happen it's just got to be the right fit i'm excited man will do you have any thoughts no, sorry. My Wi-Fi was dying for the last 20 minutes, so I barely heard anything. But I heard the important parts. And Tommy, I'm glad that you're getting used to the podcasting space. Uh, you know, we're, we're all super fans. And so it's fun seeing super fans not only go on shows, but to be able to talk about the shows and be involved with the community too. Because I know a lot of Big Brother contestants, not so much recently, but in years past, they go on the show and they fall off the face of the earth. We never yeah. hear from them ever again. Um, and a lot of the legends and, and better players, they always do that. But I'm glad to see you're, stick, you're sticking around. You're still in love with Big Brother. Um, and that leads into uh, a question I had want to ask was, because you're on Big Brother, right? And you knew the loops of both of casting, how the show works as a house guest. Does that change how you view the live feeds and, and the episodes? Do you look at people differently or players differently saying, oh, I would have done this or, oh, 
they're about to fall into a pitfall or is it more of a you're able to geek out about it more it's um a little bit of both honestly because you look at uh, i used to look at the show like it's almost, like isn't there a phrase the rose colored glasses have been taken off isn't that something i think that's yeah something. yeah so that's kind of what it's like like i used to look at it like this like shiny thing i don't know i don't know how to put it but like magic um yeah magic that's perfect thanks jack yeah i used to look at it like magic and now i don't feel that way anymore but i still love it um <laughs> i had the best experience i like i'm very grateful to cbs they treated us great uh it was awesome it, it was a dream come true but um in the same breath i also see that you know I used to watch the live feeds loosely, but mm -hmm. I was really more of a casual viewer in the sense that I only watched it on the, the TV show. Well, not only, but I mostly watched it on the TV show. And I see now how different the actual show is compared to the live feeds. So that's mm -hmm. been uh, yeah. something new for sure. But also, um, I feel like Something that I learned is that you can't take what the house guests are saying on the live feeds at face value. And a lot of times fans do that. Yeah. And that drives me crazy, honestly, because, you know, you could have Corey go into a room and talk to Sari and say, I'm with you 100 percent. But we didn't see the conversation right before where he told America he's going to lie to Sari. So we're yeah. taking what he's saying to Sari, this specific combo and we're just assuming that it's actually how he feels, but you have to kind of sift through what's true and what's not. And that's not always possible. And mm -hmm. a lot of times fans take what the house guests are saying at face value. And that drives me crazy. That's why we need the DRs to show what people yeah. are actually thinking. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I personally, I think you know very well that every person I'm sure in that house has their own intentions. They have their own yeah. stream of conversations. Like I'm going to talk to this person and then I'm going to go do this action with this person. Like I'm sure, you know, like it's a very, yeah. it's a straight process and not everybody's just the same. So you can't just take everything as it's presented to you. I totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah. We saw that this week with when Cameron won HOH, what did, what did he do? He started telling everyone he was putting up Jag and blue Twitter went ballistic they're like cameron's the worst player of all time he's lying but then uh bowie jane she's like uh i need you to lie to me don't tell me the truth and he tells bowie jane i'm putting up jag and blue that should have been the red flag to twitter to not take everything as face value yeah and that something bigger <laughs> was going on so i i agree with you 120 percent with that you know it's no. funny to be honest with you, I even fell into it. When he, when I heard he was, I fell into it too. <laughs> when I heard he was putting up Jack and Blue, I was like, "I'm done. I'm done. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's so over. Every single one of them gives Sari the crown. It's going to be a steamroll because this is ridiculous. I was so annoyed. And then when I found out that he had another plan, so like, honestly, I I, I fall for it too myself. So yeah, you know, it's part of how it goes. Uh, but with that said, I do think that Suri is incredible. And I think it's important that, like, 
a lot of times when we're watching, we're rooting for the underdogs. We're just rooting for somebody else to get power. We don't, Mm -hmm. it's not fun when one side has the power the whole time, but there's another like way to look at it. And that's like, we could appreciate great gameplay. And I really appreciate Ceri's gameplay. I think that, you know, she may be a little messy in Big Brother compared to the other games that she's played, but her social game is unmatched. The way that she connects with people is so impressive. She is a master at this game for a reason. Seeing some of the conversations that she's had with the house guests and how she's gotten herself out of tough spots, I'm so impressed with her. And I love watching that. I think it's like very fulfilling, even though it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a treat. Um, for fans of Siri, for years, we have seen Siri in edited shows, four seasons of Survivor, The Snake in the Grass, and The Traitors, and now we get to see the unedited live Siri, and I think it's just Christmas for every reality TV fan. It's awesome. I saw a post on Reddit uh, earlier where it talked about the idea that we discredit a lot of the best players by saying, oh, they're with the dumb cast. And I, there's a lot of this talk with this season – Everyone's like the BB25 cast sucks. Everyone's dumb. They're just playing for Suri without realizing that that's why the player is so good because they're able to make the players dumb. They're able to make they're able to make people do things against their best uh, wishes and against the best uh, judgment. Right. And I think that's the magic of Suri's game. She was able to pretty much wrap Izzy around her finger. Even now where Izzy is fully willing to throw the veto and just to protect Sari, and we'll get to that when we talk about the episode. But you know, I think that's a great way to, to not look at things as oh, we just have to root for the underdog every season of Big Brother, and to be able to appreciate the best players and some of the hallmarks of strategy gameplay. Yeah, that's a really good point. I fell into that trap as well. Um, yeah. I think that about half of the cast are funny enough. That's what we're looking at now. With the, uh, we'll get into that anyway. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like I think that half of the cast are pretty solid and pretty great, and then there's another half where they're just easily man- manipulated, and it, it mm-hmm. seems that they're just like I don't know, maybe there for not the wrong reasons, but just not the they're not there because of the love of the game. It seems, or they just anyway. want to be famous. That's a yeah, maybe it's that, or just I don't know. It's just it doesn't mean enough to them. It seems, um, yeah. but I think that you bring up a good point that it may not be that. It may not be that some people are just not great. It may be that they are manipulated because that other player is so great. So that's yeah. that's a good way to look at it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Let's get into brass ducks. Let's talk. Um. Let's talk video episode. Two hours. An hour of it dedicated to Josh Duhamel. That's what the fans want. I love it. Let's go ahead. Uh, so Cameron finishes his nominations. He's nominated Izzy and Felicia and has absolutely stunned the house. He wants to cut off the arms of the head that is Sari. Uh, and right off the bat, I mean, that is a big move in and of itself. That's a very big dilemma. Do you go after the arms or do you go right for the head? Because, you know, in Survivor, I think the arm strategy works perfectly. I think cutting off the arms so that the leader is isolated is great. In Big Brother, 
depending on how late it is, maybe it might be a better idea to just take the shot and swing right for the head. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the thing, though, I disagree with that. I think in Big Brother, going for the arms puts the head at a weird spot because the head now has to pick between Izzy and, and Felicia, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives you an idea of the power structure, right? With Survivor, you know, I feel like it's better to go right for the head because, you know, you can have an idol to protect yourself, you know, a lucky immunity win, whatever. But with Big Brother, you're putting the head in a weaker position, having to kind of show their cards a bit. Now, maybe it's best to just go for the head regardless, but I, I don't know. I, I see Cameron's thought process at least. Yeah. Tommy, any thoughts? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking. I I um. I think it's. I don't know. I see both sides. It's it's. I don't have a strong opinion either way. Honestly, I feel like it just it's case by case, and I feel like it's sometimes it's good to go right for the head, and sometimes it's good to cut off the limbs first. Um, a lot of times, if like I think back to my season, and I feel like um. Jackson would like kind of got rid of all of our allies around me, but not that I was the head. I definitely wasn't the head to him, but he almost like kept me safe because he wanted to keep our relationship good, but got rid of all of my allies around me. That way, when you wanted to turn on Jackson, you could because you didn't have the allies. well, that not only that, but if I wanted to turn on him, he technically never wronged me. So, like, we we technically still had a good working relationship, but like he made he made it a point to always um, keep me and his relationship good. I don't know if that, but it's it just reminds me of that. But um, again, not that I was the the head of that. I definitely wasn't. I was, I was most certainly an arm, but, uh, <laughs> so kind of like how, so kind of like how Jackson was to you. I feel that's kind of how Cameron was to Jared, where he never really yes. wronged Jared. He still trusts Jared. He still yeah. wants that working relationship, yeah. but he's starting to remove Jared's numbers and Ceree's numbers. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's an, cause I, I never noticed that. I think cause I wasn't Tommy in the big brother 21 house. But looking back, it's like, yeah, that's exactly how it all played out. Yeah, he's technically not wronging Jared. So they technically have uh, can still have a working relationship. They're still walking that line. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a matter of who's going to, you know, draw first. But yeah, right. I think he's strategically doing that. And I think it's I think it, it works. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, we see that Cameron has a plan for this week and he knows exactly what he's going to do to the point where um, Felicia comes in the uh, HOH room and Easy comes in right after in the episode. uh, And Cameron tells them both that they are not his targets. He tells Felicia that Felicia is not Cameron's target. He tells Izzy the exact same thing. At this point, chaos is in full swing. He doesn't want anyone to know his real plan in full later in the episode um, where he hints about it, but he's really keeping it locked down. And that's the thing. Is it smart to be this just 
closed off? Is this so smart? Is it smart to just leave everyone out of your plans and keep your game plan as the only one in like week six? <laughs> like, is it the right move? I thought it was. We this was a first. I'm pretty sure this was a first that the HOH lied to the entire house, including the. I, I, I don't know what to call them. The fake outs. Like he told Jag and Blue, "You're going on the block." This was the first time that we ever saw somebody completely lie to everyone, including the decoys. That's the word, and I think it worked. I think yep. it did exactly what he wanted to do, and I thought it was really cool. And Cameron doesn't always get it right, but he got it right this week. He did. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I think that uh, Cameron's plan is coming in full swing because we see Sari immediately, again, great player that she is, immediately recognizes that something's up with this. Obviously, nominating Izzy and Felicia is not good for me, but there's always something more. There always has to be something more. And so Siri, after in the DR, goes to Cameron, and they have a conversation, and Cameron knows as well that Siri is frazzled. I'm not saying Cameron's a mind reader, but in a way, he did a good job at kind of getting Siri on her toes a little bit and a little uh, upset with her rock-solid standing so far. Yeah, I, 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 I want to discredit Cameron because I don't like Cameron, but like this, his HOH week, I, I kind of love it. I love everything about it, and I think the fact that it is Cameron, someone I didn't really like throughout the game, makes it all better in a way. I, I, I don't, I can't describe it. It's weird. It is weird. You know what's funny? Cameron actually reminds me of Jackson from my season. He reminds me of Cody from 19. Explain that. I want to hear more about how he relates to um, Mickey. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's the Southern thing. Maybe it's, I don't know. He's got a lot of analogies. The analogies are all over the place too. And there's just like kind of a, a I'm like watching him on the feeds. There's like a look in his eyes and a way he delivers his message. That's very almost like preachy or just like, on a high horse that reminds, yeah. Me, yeah. that reminds me of Jackson. His energy reminds me of him a lot. Uh, I can see that. Like, it's like borderline a little scary. A <laughs> little bit, yeah, a little bit. But I I kind of agree. I think that's actually a pretty good um, kind of take on that. He definitely has yeah. been very preachy, definitely been like, my way is the right way. This is the correct way. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see later uh, when we talk about the feeds um, how that kind of plays into a little bit of the uh, discussion this week. But after that, um, we get Izzy. Love Izzy. Um, telling Sari that, you know what? If I win that veto, I'm not using it. I'm staying on the block. I got you, Sari. You, you are not going on the block. You're not going home. I will represent you. Dear God. <laughs> Tommy, you're a super Remember fan. Marcellus? <laughs> Tommy, you're a super fan. On a scale of 1 to 10, if if Izzy did uh, win the veto, not use it, and got voted out, how dumb of a move would this be? 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I agree. Like, so but you know what? It, it's so disappointing because there were a couple of conversations that Izzy had on the feeds where she was alone. 
and she was talking to the cameras and she was saying things like, am I throwing my game away here? Uh, I know that I'm just, I'm signing up for third place. I can't do that. I have to get my head in the game. I have to keep things like, I have to keep it straight. I have to keep mm -hmm. it together. And I, so for that reason, I was hopeful that this was all kind of, um, can I curse or no on this? Go, we, go, go ahead. I, I was kind of hopeful that the whole like, uh, Suri, I'll sacrifice my game for you. I was hopeful that that was bullshit, but I guess it wasn't because we saw tonight in the DRs that she really did mean it. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I was hopeful that you were just lying and that that was one of those face value things that we saw in the feeds, but shouldn't really believe it. But she really is willing to do that. So that sucks. Right. If anybody has truly and officially signed all of the field's adoption papers, it has to be Izzy. <laughs> and I'm sure, um, you know, if Izzy does walk out of the door this week, uh, Sari will whisper in her ear, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, <laughs> God. It's, it's disappointing because I I love the super fans, right? We all love the super fans. It's it, We all want to be on the show. And so if we're not on the show, we want to see people like us on the show. So imagine when the super fan is like, "All right, hi Suri, uh, you you have my word and my loyalty. I'm playing your game." Like it's it's a little disappointing. Uh, and to hear her self awareness about it is even more disappointing. I know. It makes me sad. For I know. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. What I love Izzy. I think that she's. I, I, mean, yeah. I think that she has potential to be great. I think that lining herself up with Suri and Jared wasn't a bad thing until it mm -hmm. was. So, like, mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, I, 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 I really would love for Izzy to stay, but I also would love to see a power shift. So, I don't for know. Sure. We'll, see. we'll see what happens. Yeah. So after this, um, Jag is up in the HOH, uh, and Cameron is reiterating their deal, being like, we have a deal. I kept you safe. Kept you off the block. Um, please keep me off the block next week. Um, Jag ain't feeling good about that. He doesn't like that. And he doesn't think Cameron is his number one. So he then goes to uh, his Derek, to his Cody, um, and creates the Minutemen with Cody, uh, literally a carbon copy of the Hitmen, where Jag is in essence the Cody and Derek is the Matt because Matt's kind of played pretty decent, I'd say, playing a pretty decent ratting in the middle game. And so this works out great for Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Jag's getting better. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've definitely, like, Jack literally got evicted 10-0. to zero. Um, So you cannot go pretty much lower than that, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, if he continues to improve and he hopefully starts to make some real strides and make some real allies, um, hopefully we see a new and improved Jack. Um, Jared is next uh, to the line uh, to Cameron's HOH. And Cameron actually trusts Jared. And so this is where we start to see Cameron peel away his plan, his real plan. Um, he tells him, number one, Blue and Jag, they're going to be my knobs. Tell everybody that, lie, lie, lie. Number two, Nam, Izzy, and Felicia shock the house. Number three, each one of them is going to believe they're a pawn. We saw that earlier in the episode. And number four, Cameron says, to be continued. But Jared's scared because 
he must have inherited it from his mom, but he's scared that his mom is going to be the nom. Yeah. You don't need to be the son of Sari Fields in order to realize that something more is going on to be scared when the HOH is clearly hiding information from you. You don't need to be Sari Fields to know that. You could be the Joe Schmo across the street to realize something weird is going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jared blossoming into a great player. <laughs> <laughs> great line. Yeah, um, it's yeah. I mean, uh, Cameron really trusts Jared. We saw that, um, and it seems like another person trusts Jared when she shouldn't, because Felicia really wants Jared for the veto, and gets Jared for the veto. Not even house guest choice. Not even someone else picking Jared or house guest choice for them. Just straight up Jared out of the uh, out of the box. Good for Felicia in her head. But Jared does not want to use that power of veto because if someone uses that veto and Izzy or Felicia go down and it's not Sari using that veto, he fears that Sari is going up. His suspicions are correct. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then we get to uh, after uh, Jared talking to Matt about uh, not using veto, we get to this fantastic conversation with Izzy and Sari, super personal and this is exactly what you were saying earlier, Tommy. Like, there's a side to everyone. Conversations are fluid. People are fluid. This is exactly what it is. Sari and Izzy are humans, and they are great people. And they have a real, genuine love and respect for each other, which is so nice. I, I personally don't like when a house just has vitriolic hate for everybody. You know, when everyone's just like, oh, I don't like this person. I don't like this person. I don't like this. I don't like this person. But there's not a lot of true connection. It's nice seeing this. And I think it's so important to have in an episode and just important to have in a season overall. It boosts morale. It makes everyone a little bit more happier and heartwarmed. Yeah. I think every week we have to have some personal conversation, some backstory. And I think I think Izzy gets – uh, I think people dislike Izzy at times uh, online. I feel like she's not someone the fans really clamor for. And if you're on the fence about Izzy, this conversation will make you an Izzy fan. It made me an Izzy fan for about five minutes. Yeah. Did you like the conversation, Tommy? Did it make you a bigger Izzy fan? I really like Izzy a lot. I think that she wears her heart on her sleeve. And I'm a big fan. I am. I think that... But I can't tell if I'm a fan because I really like her or I really like her gameplay. I think that she's decent at the game, but I think that maybe she lacks self-awareness. And I think that that's um, what, what she's missing. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree but with that. We, like- I, I, I'm a big Izzy fan. I think that she's so great. I love her and Suri's relationship. I think it's so sweet. And it's funny because I always had the thought, okay, so like they move into the house and Izzy right away is like, you're Suri and you are her son. I know yep. this. And right away. They, they link up right away. It's like because she cornered them and did that, they link up immediately. <clears throat> I always wondered, well, at, in, the, in the beginning I wondered, is Sari doing the keep her friends close, but her enemies closer? Like, is she like just keeping Izzy close because of her secret? But then seeing the two of them on the show tonight, like seeing 
how Sari is crying in the diary room. I think that she really does feel for Izzy. However, Sari will, I think that we've seen um, in the other, her other experiences that she'll do whatever it takes to win. And she is very good at separating these personal relationships from the game. So I still with that, like after watching that conversation of them, um, that beautiful moment that they had, I still take it with a grain of salt because I feel like it's, it is real, but at any point it, it won't come before getting further in the game for Suri. Absolutely. We've seen Suri do this before. We've seen Suri do this with Eric back in Micronesia. We've seen Suri do this with Ari in the traders. Um, she will do whatever it takes to win. And I think now more than ever, it's more important for her to win because her son is trying to win as well. So there's not one Suri, there's two Suris in the house. And Suri wants both of them to do the best possible so that they can win. So yeah. now more than ever, Suri's got to be Suri. Um, but it's nice to see regardless. Um, but yeah, and then we get to the Josh Duhamel part of the episode. <laughs> um, the entire, the longest veto personally I've ever seen on the show. Uh, I guess this is why it was two hours because holy cow, like the, the veto was like 35, 40 minutes long and the punishments were long. I guess this is why I got two hours because there was so much content and so much buddy games. Um, I don't know if I'll watch buddy games, but you know, it seems like it a fun show. <laughs> it looks a lot seems fun. fun. I I'll like, give it a watch. I feel like I just saw a season's worth from this one challenge alone. I don't think I need to watch buddy games to know the gist. <laughs> I got my fill of Josh and L, man. I, I got my fill. I'll That's see you for so season fun. two. That whole bit with Matt and Josh Jamel, like that was great. That was so, oh, so funny. I loved that. <clears throat> yeah. I love I love it. Um so yeah, so we get into um, this competition, and it's a classic comp. Um, everyone is going to compete in a competition where they're going to try and get some amount of points, or they're going to try and get um, something like that, uh, and then they get placed in an order. And prizes are awarded. Prizes um, are awarded in this order, uh, and so you get um, either the veto, or you get five thousand dollars, or a trip to Europe, or you get a punishment like a terrible costume for a week or or swimming around in a kayak for a week. Um, classic competition. Tommy, did you compete in this type of competition? I can't remember. You did. Okay. What did you yeah. have to wear the, was it the unitard? I think that you had to was, wear the was that rocket. From that one. I forget. I think that was from that week. Yep. That was it. How was that? <laughs> So, you know, it's funny, the punishments, they make them look like all fun, like fun and funny on the show. They mm -hmm. were actually really tough. Like I, it, it's a real punishment when you're having to do it. And I know that like, it looks like a bubblegum punishment. It doesn't look like that difficult, but the, the unitard one wasn't as bad, but you know, it was really rough wearing that big helmet yeah. all long. My neck was my neck was killing me. I couldn't even hold my neck up. I was having to lay down and just rest the helmet on the back because I I couldn't I had to just lay down all day long for hours because I 
physically couldn't lift my head up anymore. My neck was killing me. But those are the things like that don't get shown when they do the segments on the punishments or like when I got spray painted, like from poison Ivy, we were like spray. Oh oh my God. It was so itchy. It was so itchy and like not being able to breathe, like, and just feeling like you're dirty. Like it was the worst feeling ever. I was, I was ready to itch my skin off. It was, it was, it was a punishment. It was torturous. I hated it. But, um, on the show, it just looks like all fun and games. It looks hysterical, but when you're in it, it's actually tough. So, but with that said, I'm a huge fan of the punishments, and I loved the segment that they did tonight on the show. I thought it was great. I loved that it was a little longer. The house is in punishment chaos. The Humiliverse week was when they all took that picture with the gas masks. I was like. This is this is perfect. This is great. This, this is Big Brother. This is Big Brother. Yep, it was great. It was amazing. I, I mean, yeah, like I've seen like classic punishments: staying up, like waking up every hour to go hit a button somewhere, wearing a costume that weighs your head down, being chained to someone for an entire week by yeah. a couple of vines. Man. It's it's not easy, and I can I can sense that. I can definitely feel that. Will, what do you think? Uh, does this make Big Brother a hotter, uh, physically more physically demanding than Survivor? No. Like, is no? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was my leading question. Never mind. All right, and we can move on. I was nuts. That's a, that that's next level. That's amazing. Would you do yeah. Survivor? Yeah, I would. I would love yeah, that. We would too. Right. <laughs> yeah, we would too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we would too. When we're not Yeah. When we're not doing Big Brother, we do Survivor Stockwatch. So. Yes, I know, I know. Yes. Plug we Jack are lying to CBS right now, hoping that we both become brothers for uh the third Blood versus Water season of Survivor. Which yes. is both luck. Thank you, thank you. I will win. We'll get second. <laughs> Jack's going out for merge. I'm winning. Um, no, nope, disagree. All right. Um, so let's let's get some quick hits from this competition. Um, Matt does like really well for like most of the competition, usually scoring in the hundreds. Uh, Felicia, kind of a beast, pushing herself to the brink. Um, literally could not continue, even though she got a higher score than Jag. Um, Fantastic, and I think that is a great help for her, and we'll get to that later. Um, and then we see uh, at the very end, uh, I don't know if this is a bit of naivete for Matt or just wanting to screw around. Matt takes the punishment and doesn't take the veto or the $5,000 or the trip to Europe, just takes Josh to hell and a ski. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen someone who has won the competition willingly be like, yeah, you know what? I love this punishment. I'm going to take it. Like, I've never seen that. I don't think he knew it was a punishment, though. No, I think he... he I think he thought it was great. He, he thought he was hanging out with Josh Jumel, is what I think <laughs> it was. He, that's what I'm... I'm pretty sure I saw that either on the... Yeah. Feed, they put that yeah. on the episode that... They, he thought that he would be spending the, the week with the actual Josh Chamel, which he thought was yeah. pretty cool and priceless. So that's why he took it, which is so funny and sad. <laughs> I, 
you know what though? If they don't hang out after Big Brother's over, it'll be travesty. Owes a five minute at least hangout session with Matt. Matt needs a cameo on Buddy Game season two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so Jared ends up winning the veto. Winning is a strong word. He did kind of get handed the veto. Um, but uh, after Matt, we uh, just said, he quickly realizes that um, he actually doesn't get to hang out with Josh Tumel and gets to hang out with a cardboard cutout, uh, which is always fun. Um, and so after this, Felicia and Sari get their Kaya companion. And I always love the twist where people are paired together because it not only could put two people together that don't mesh at all, like we see with Izzy and Cameron, but we also just get to see some interesting gameplay dynamics. We get to see changes. We get to see people who may be super active as a solo player be tethered to this person and be completely eliminated from all strategy for a couple of days. Um, yeah, I mean, we will talk about that in a little bit because uh, I think that's actually a very big part of this week. Um, Getting your feet talk. <clears throat> yes. Um, and then after, uh, I want to point this out. Sari gives a nod uh, to Rachel Riley uh, with the Flutter's Grab the Life Fest Fine. They did two flashbacks this episode to the Hitman and um, to Rachel Riley. And my question is, A, is this because it's two hours long? And B, are they copying Survivor? Because Survivor loves to do flashbacks to previous season showing quick hits uh is big brother copying them what's going on i think it's also the fact that it's season 25 and i feel like they're just trying to make it like this big special season um, so they'll do the flashbacks they'll bring in frankie grande for no reason and Brittany hayes for no reason and honestly when you have two hours to kill i i'd rather have like five minutes of flashbacks and not an hour and five minutes of Josh Jamel. Um, sorry, Josh. Um, and honestly, it's it's harmless. It's it's whatever. I didn't mind it. What about yeah. you, Tommy? I think it's more for the nostalgic reasons, like you said, Will. Yeah. I think it's more that than – I don't think there's anything going on. I think it's just like, um, the, you know, they're, yeah. it's the 25th season. So I think that's why. I wish there was some kind of twist. I wish that they would bring back more, I don't know, like use old players more or something. Or I, involve, oh my gosh, involve them in some way. But honestly, the same goes for Survivor. I feel like we love to see people come back and play, but it's not just about that. It's also like, I like when people come get engaged on the show. I like when they used to do the segments where they would go, check on the people from the year before i like that stuff i feel like it it keeps it um linear yeah. in a way. it like connects it all and I, I feel like we're missing that when it's like you almost get discouraged when you invest all this time into this one cast and then they're just gone that's it like all that time that you invested is 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 over once the season's over I feel like it would be nice to – it doesn't even have to be bring the people back to play, but to just, like, involve past seasons and casts and do nods to uh, iconic moments more. So I like to see it happening. I think it's great. I think the, the more of that, the better. 
make it more like, well-rounded and make it more particular. Yes. Just like yeah, I said earlier, sure. some of old alumni, they fall off the face of the earth, man. And yeah. not not all past house guests will make a podcast or join Jack or Will in the Big Brother recap podcast. Some yeah. people they just they just fall off. <laughs> we don't yeah. hear from them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, personally, I wanted to see Daniel Reyes play, but that's just me. I would have. Oh my god, I would have screamed if Daniel Reyes was a player. Holy cow! Um, yeah. But anywho, uh, punishments. Uh, Matt is loving Josh, uh, not as much as the real Josh, but you know, close enough with the cardboard. Um, taking pics. Some of these pictures are super funny, especially with the gas mask and the stinkometer. Humiliverse uh, is great. Um, it's just classic Big Brother. And then we see um, Cameron Izzy do the Piggy Pals punishment. Uh, they're doing the 2,000 scoops of dirt. Um, and I want to talk about a very specific moment. Uh, and this is harking on this idea of, um, you know, everybody's a person in this house. They, everybody has their own well-rounded opinion. You could very easily get the opinion of Cameron that Cameron hates Izzy all around. And Izzy hates Cameron all around. Cameron in the DR in this episode says... Maybe he doesn't like Izzy the player, but he respects Izzy the person. And I think that is so crucial. Having that in the episode humanizes the players who look so cold and so calculated on these feeds, on this 24-7-ish cameras. And we get to see the real – we get to see a real perspective. Yeah. I think really part – and I think an interesting part – is the inverse of that. I feel like a lot of people are starting to really take to Cameron the player while also not enjoying Cameron the person. I think just that distinction alone makes things... It, it makes it so you're able to enjoy the show more, I think. Because it's like Jag. We rag on Jag more than, I think, any other player in the house, except for maybe Jared. But we still always talk about Jag the person being the kindest person in the entire house. And so, and it's so refreshing to see the players inside the house be able to make that distinction because I'm sure when you're in the house, that line gets blurred. Tommy, if you want to correct me on that, if you want to be like, no, I was able to make the distinction very easily. And if you don't make the distinction, then you're just bad at the game. Uh, say it again, like the distinction between what? The, the person and the player. So you're able to look at like Jackson Mickey and say, I respect Jackson the person but I don't like the gameplay or I don't trust the gameplay by like the person or the inverse or whatever you don't even have to say a person from your season yeah I think that uh I think that our cast was really good at doing that to be honest with you I think that our cast in particular uh, I can only speak on our cast really and just say that a lot of us were super fans a lot of us there was only a handful of people that were recruits or weren't major that didn't know the show that well. And even they were very involved in the game. So I feel like uh, we all had good sportsmanship. Like I, I remember even when Jackson got like made up that lie and got me evicted. Uh, like the first thing I said was you fucking got me good for you. Like that was it. it like, yeah. That was the first thing I said to him when I got evicted. I'm like, good for you. You got me out. Great. They're dumb. That's a sign, but... that's a sign of a great player. Yeah. I just Being able to respect the game. Yeah. To be honest with you, like, 
looking back on it now, this is me speaking just candidly. Hmm. Looking back on it now, I am able to separate player versus person. I actually think he was a better player than he was a better like a person. I don't think he's that good. He reasonable, that good. reasonable opinion. <laughs> he was that great in the house. I don't know him now, but in the house there were a lot of things that I didn't love about his person. Um, but in terms of game, he was he was pretty good. He, I mean, he won. He won for a reason. Yeah. He was pretty good. Got to give it to there him. There you go. You got to win for a reason. Um, yeah, it's important to separate those two things. It is. I think that I don't love seeing people blur those lines and get bitter. I'm not a fan of the bitter jurors. It's, it's like not my style. I'm yeah. very, very much a, a gamer in that way. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's totally a fair opinion. Respect the game that you want to respect. Respect the game that you hold the highest. Yeah. You know, respect the game that you think is the best game. What about you two? Do you think that what do you, if you were in the situation, do you think you would be a bitter juror or do you think that it would be game all the way? I, I don't oh. want to lie to myself. I think I'd be bitter. I think because from my own experiences, whenever I try to put a lot of effort into something and I fall up short, I get upset about it. I, I get emotional about it. And so I feel like me being a super fan and loving the show, I, 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 get disappointed with the feeds half the time. So mm -hmm. I can imagine if I'm in the show under the pressure and I make it to like day 90 and I get out of like final five, I think I'd be bitter. Now, if I had time to decompress and like understand it, maybe I could like fake my way through it. I think I'd be bitter. I think I'd be emotional and yeah, I admit it. That's cool. I, I think it's really cool that you admit it because like, <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just different no. styles. That's fine. That's and that's what makes the game so difficult because there are those people that you have to play around. Yeah. And that's why I think I think as a viewer, the person who makes it to the end and gets the jury votes, that's the deserving winner, no matter what. Yep. What about you, Jack? Uh I'm mean, gonna have to say I'm I'm pretty in the middle. Like I really respect when someone plays a good game, but I, I've done edit for Survivor for years. That I've analyzed the edit. I've um, I, I do theater. I like I'm all about stories, and I'm all about connecting stories, and I'm all about finding the the theme and the key. Whatever theme I resonate with the most, it's kind of what I tend to vote for. It doesn't it, – it's not as much I'm a bitter person because you wronged me or you played objectively the best. It's how does your story resonate with me? If you were an underdog, like if I was on the jury last season, right, with Taylor and Monty, I would have voted for Taylor. My vote would have been locked the second I got in the jury. <laughs> Taylor was an underdog at the very beginning. Rags to riches, comes up and wins the game. Would have voted for Taylor the whole time. Yeah. Other seasons – it might be different. I, I love when a story truly represents the season and also represents how I feel as a player and as a juror. That's fair. I'm glad you would admit that, Jack. Thank you, Will. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we're just going to go uh, quick two things. America and Corey Kiss, finally. Um, we all waited for it. I'm sure everybody in the feeds discussions was singing along with Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. La la la, kiss the girl. Um, and it did it. And it happened. And we're all so happy. 
happy days, they're show pets. Um, and then um, because we get another conversation um, with Karen, Cameron saying, yeah, I'm basically going to put up Sari. We immediately know Jared's going to get defensive. He's like, no, uh, I can't use the veto. And he doesn't. And so now we end up here with Izzy and Felicia on the block. And I think now is a great time to begin um, discussion of quite a manic day in the Big Brother house. Probably one of the most manic days um, in a while. Um, so this is a spoiler warning for anybody. We, we like to do these. Uh, if you have not watched the feeds up to this point, up to Wednesday night at 11.14 EST, uh, more than welcome to turn it off. More than welcome to keep it on. We'd love to have you, um, but, you know, we are spoiling. So, spoiler, 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 la, 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 la. Okay. Um, what's going on, guys? <laughs> what's what's happening? Tommy, you lead the charge, man. You're Please. sitting here shaking your head. I'd I like to indulge. I hope that, listen, like I said, I love Izzy. I really, really want Izzy to be in the game still, but I'm also at the same time rooting for the power to change. I think, I, I mean, like, if I'm starting us off, let me lead with America fucking Lopez. Is you our, um our only hope. Our only yes. hope. Our brave country and our brave Lopez. Um yes. Uh Matthew, the person who's usually on the podcast with us, um, he's on a vacation. He's doing great. Um, Matthew was an America fan from like week one. And he is pretty psychic because he knew America was going to be good. And Will and I were like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if America's yeah. good. We were wrong. We, we made a mistake. <laughs> America has been killing it today. Yeah. And so to kind of preface um, to everybody who uh, has not been watching, this morning, um, America and Cord decided to wake up. Um in a sense that America decided, you know what? I am going to flip the vote. I don't like this anymore. I'm going to flip that vote, and I'm going to get Izzy out of here because I don't trust Izzy. And then Corey and Izzy talk. They're supposedly very close allies, but they've been at a bit of a disconnect the past couple of days. Uh, and Izzy goes, yeah, you know what? I'm going to target America in the next two weeks. I I'm going to target America. I want to nominate her. I want to get her out. And Corey was like, I just got a girlfriend. You cannot evict her. I need to evict you. <laughs> and yeah. it has set off a catastrophic slew of events to where now, yep. supposedly, Izzy is going to go home six to three. Yep. Yeah. And I don't, I want to give all the credit to America because America put in all of the groundwork. I know I gave a lot of props to Cameron over the last few days of him being the one in power who made the final call. Mm -hmm. But there's a very pivotal conversation between America and Cameron. America kept, kept trying to tell Cameron, Cameron, you were supposed to go home every single week. Everyone wants you gone. No one trusts you. And Cameron, for whatever reason, was like, you're lying. I don't trust you. Jag didn't trust America. The only person that trusted America was Corey. And Corey yep. wasn't the best game player either. But today, everyone woke up. Jag started playing the game more. Matt started playing the game more, and and like everyone's finally like, guys, America doesn't deserve any of the um, you know what thrown at her. Like it's all on the one side making up everything. There's two alliances, and 
both alliances have the same five people keeping us all at war with each other. That's not good. We are all getting played. It is yeah. magnificent. I love it so much. I love it. This um, this is a phenomenon I think we're starting to see every Big Brother season. We are seeing either a day or a week of the season where everything happens. And it it's it's been pretty common. Last season, we saw it in the third week or with Joseph's birthday. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations, Joseph, um, on turning 25. Um, we saw it in your season, Tommy, day 44. The house – the house blew up. I I want to hear your perspective on that, actually. I want to hear, how is that for you? Because these catastrophic, game-changing days are nuts to watch, and I'm sure nuts to be in. I mean, like, it's so funny. I was the, I guess, I was the America Lopez of day 44. Mm. <laughs> I, it was me and Jack who were trying to flip the vote. What happened was... Jack came to me and told me that Holly and Kat knew each other and Jackson was also in on it. So then I, I also, because maybe I was I, not, maybe I was guilty myself of having another relationship in the house. So I was extra just aware of what that could mean. So I said, Jack, you realize that's three people. Those three go to jury they're going to vote for each other. They're going to work together. We need to take the shot now. Let's keep Sam. Let's get rid of Kat. I know that, that that's flipping the vote, but we got to do it. Jack was on board. We went to, um, I think, Nick. At that? I forget who we went to, but at some point, we went to Christy. And Christy was anti-Sam at that point because Sam's whole entire campaign was anti-Christy. So she mm -hmm. said... No way am I going to vote for Sam to stay. He's been just campaigning, saying that I'm his his target. So I went to Sam and I said, Sam, we want to keep you, but you need to work with Christy. We need her vote. We need her on board. She's the um, like influential one in our group. If you don't have her, you don't have uh, any of us. Like It's not going to work out. And he looked at me and said, yeah, no, I, I, I hate Christy. I'm not, I'm not working with her. And I was like, you idiot. <laughs> Then we were, it was like pulling teeth, like trying to get them to connect. They wouldn't do it. They were both stubborn and I ultimately couldn't get it done. And wow. then, uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's okay. But I remember that energy. I remember that day very vividly and it was so chaotic, but that was actually one of my favorite days in the big brother house because that was also the day that they, that Julie aired, well, they aired the um, Big Brother flash mob that we did, and they showed it to us while we were in yeah. the house. So it yeah, like, yeah. It was a very memorable day, day 44. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, then, it's, it's the craziest, the craziest, the back and forth. Then it, you know what's going to happen is today everything was crazy, but it was under wraps. Tomorrow mm -hmm. is going to be even crazier because yep. – Everybody, the secrets, like all these conversations that are happening behind closed doors are going to happen in the living room out in the open. And it's just going to be chaos. I can't wait to see it. I, I'm, I'm, mark I'm, my words, that's happening tomorrow. I'm excited. Mark your calendars, folks. Mark your calendars. Yep. I, I mark mine. I'm excited, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think tomorrow is going to be electric as well, maybe even more so. Uh, not only that, we got confirmation. We're seeing the wall tomorrow, baby. 
Uh, feeds are probably going to be up. The wall is going to be up. We love the wall. We love to see. We love to see people fall. We love to see deals. We love to see yep. that energy, especially coming right into jury or whatever's going to happen with that. Ooh, we don't know. <laughs> um, we're excited. I have a very important question. From what was your perspective on Jessica's fall during the wall comp? <laughs> And do you remember that vividly? Because me as a super fan, I remember her fall. And did when you saw that live on the wall, I forgot if you were still in the competition at that point, where you're like, this is going to be the greatest moment of my season. No, or do you not? You know, you know what it is? When you're in the house and playing the game, you're not thinking about the t- – I mean, at least I wasn't thinking about the TV show. I was just thinking yeah. about – the game and the relationships. And at that point, I just was like, you know, Jessica was such a fighter. She was so, uh, such, such a strong competitor. And, oh, yeah. you know, the wall comp is built for people who have smaller body types and she's plus size. So it was going to be more difficult for her. But she, yeah, I know, America Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America Lopez. But, um, she did amazing, but I think I was more just like at that moment I was proud of her because she fought yeah. so hard, and I was like, "It's okay." I think I forget. I forget what I said. Like, you got it. Like, it's okay, girl. Like, you. I, yeah. I was just excited for her that she did so well and that she pushed herself. Um, and she was that, a very strong competitor, Jessica. She was great. That that was no diss to her. It was just when she did fall, yeah. it was it a was, really funny I know. moment. Just I know. <laughs> I look. At, I look back now and it's so funny. It's hysterical. Yeah. The scream, the, the grabbing of the face the, as she's falling. The editing. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's incredible. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Anywho. I'm excited for this wall comp, though. It's, it's going to be good. And it, uh, I, as we speak, uh, you know, plans are still being formed. Uh, Alliance, like uh, connections are being tested, but from what we know, based on specifically two people as a part of the flip, Matt and Mimi, not ratting to Sari, it looks like it might happen. Actually, it looks like it's not going to blow. We we hope we all, all we can hope all we can hope. There's always another day. There's always a new tomorrow. Tomorrow, gotta wear your pajamas inside out and backwards. Maybe it'll snow. Maybe plus some ice. <laughs> <laughs> do all the things. Who do we think is going to be good at this wall comp? Blue in America, maybe Corey. Yeah, I think those three. Corey's malnourished. Like, like I, I saw a picture yeah, of him today. He looks really, really skinny. I don't know if he's going to do well. Honestly, he's. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but you know what, though, I think his. I, I I don't know anything about like nutrition and whatnot, but like he's also just a genuinely skinny dude. And mm. so I feel like no matter what, they're all malnourished. They're all weak on slot. From being on slot weak. <laughs> so, and like, I'm looking at the, I think Matt might be able to do well. I think, I think he's, yeah. I think he could be a sleeping pick, but like, I don't, maybe me Cole. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, maybe me. Mimi could do well too. It, it's tough. It's tough to tell. I mean, usually the smaller, uh, Smaller body types do well, but we've seen tons of people win the wall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's variable competition. Um, I, I, we are at an hour 42. I think it's, uh, I think it's our high time 
Tommy, man, this has been swell. I I met you at uh, the Virginia Theater Association back in like 2017 or something. Oh my gosh, um, that's so crazy! Yeah. Yeah, you were leading a dance that. workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved you. I thought it was great, and then I saw you a Big Brother, and I was like, "Well, this is fantastic." And then I saw <laughs> you're going to be on the podcast, and I was like, "Oh, this is even better." Um, how did you not lead with that? I can't believe we've been talking. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have Trump cards. I like to have Trump cards. That was crazy. <laughs> Trump for what? That was I can't believe that. That's so funny. I remember that trip. That was so great. That theater is amazing. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. And it's been great following you, uh, your podcast, your journey. Uh, you're an awesome guy. Will, anything you'd uh, like to say? Uh, no, it's my turn to suck up to Tommy. You know, you know how it goes on these podcasts. No, but Tommy, you don't have to. You don't have to. It's okay. No, but I remember Big Brother Twenty One because that was my freshman year of high school, and so I was like, I, I'm like, I'm I'm old now, and I watched the feeds religiously. And I remember for like the first four weeks, I'm like, this season sucked. I hate it. The second after day forty four, when the big alliance sh- shattered, I'm like, I'm a diehard. Nicole fan, I'm a diehard Tommy fan, and Christy fan. Wasn't that really? big on, on Cliff? Yeah, and also, like, Kat, but, like, you three were, like, the ones where I'm, like, these are, like, like because, you know, there's a lot of things with Big Brother 21 online. Yeah, you could say but that. But, like, you fine. were, yeah, no, I, I know. There's a lot of controversies but, like, with our season. A lot, of, a lot of controversies, mainly from, like, certain people, and to see you finally, like, separate from from, like, you know, Jack Matthews. I was like, oh my God. You this know what I really say? I, listen, like I'm all about speaking my truth. And, you know, I, I don't really keep up with Jack too much, but my experience with him, he's, a, uh, from what I saw, he's a great person. I think that mm-hmm. he, uh, I think that our season um, really, opened up a lot of our our eyes and societies. Yeah. I think that a lot of people have racial bias and I think that that definitely took um th- like that was pressed like that was a part of his um not getting along with Kemi. But yeah. I also think that there's a lot of good in Jack too. And I think it's yeah. like like I always like to take the opportunity mm-hmm. to speak on that because yeah. I think that Yes, he fucked up, but he also got a really tough uh, hand dealt to him. So I, I think that yeah. um, I have nothing but great things to say about him, honestly. The other the other one, not so much. But Jack, they, I think there were a lot of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a lot of misunderstandings with, yeah. with a couple of his specific uh, controversies, I guess you would say. Mm. There, I I witnessed a few of them, and they were misunderstandings. They were, uh, I think there was something. I'm not even going to get into that. It's all stupid. It's all in the past. We, but we, we don't. The bottom line it. is, yeah. The bottom line is, I think that I'll take yeah. the opportunity to speak and say that I think that he's a, a good guy. Actually, I really do. No person is ever one dimension. Yeah, and I'm glad that I brought it up then, just so you can speak on behalf of him. Because yeah, yeah. I, again, I was a ninth grader, and so my yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. it's all fuzzy. We're, but and still, we're led, a, we're led to believe a certain narrative, and like yeah. I don't, I don't like fault anyone for 
feeling that way or seeing that because that's what people saw. That's what was, that's what yeah. they, that's what they saw. I get it. Totally get it. But and, there were a few misunderstandings that really did not paint him in the right, in, in, a, in a good light, in a good way. And he also fucked up a bunch of times too, but I think he's a good guy. But, honestly, I do. But and that's why yeah. we talk. That's why we communicate, right? Because yeah. just like how Jack had misunderstandings, this was one of mine. Just like how I'm a bitter yeah, juror, apparently. You're fine. But, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying anything against you or no, anything. No, like that. I think, like, I know. You and 99% of Big Brother fans feel that way about him. <laughs> yeah. So you're well, you're okay. Don't worry. It's, it's my internal Jeff probes where like everything has to be like this big storyboard moment where it's like, <laughs> here's where William West learns the truth. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this. We're all digging deep. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, this has been great. Do you have any, do you have any final so thoughts? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. Like, you know, I, ju I just love Big Brother and I love talking about it. And thank you for giving me the platform to do that and just yeah. opening, opening your your home to me. This was fun. Great. Well, awesome. I'm here to say you're welcome back anytime. Um, I think normally when we have guests, we're only going to have two of the main analysts. So if you ever join back, you might not see me and Jack. You might have Matthew replace one of us. But still, no matter what, Tommy, like, thank you so much for being here with us. Like, we're, we're big Tommy fans in this Thanks. household. And that's not Tommy just to, much. like, ruffle your feathers or to, you know. I know, I know. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's sweet. Well, I'm big uh, Jack and Will fans now, too. So. Yes! That's right. good. That's good. I like Even that. Even though Jack and I already knew each other and I had no idea. Well, yeah, I sorry. Saw you, <laughs> but Tommy, I once saw you on Twitter. So. Ah, we, we got ah, hey, hey, hey. You got it. Um, Jack, are you still doing theater? Yeah, I, I've been doing it for nine years of my life. I major with it at college uh, at Virginia Tech. So Amazing. It makes sense. Yeah. Want to do it for the rest of my life. Love so. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Y'all, this has been fantastic. Um, please listen to Real Talk. It's a great podcast. Tommy's Tommy's the best. Uh, gives great perspectives. Tons of guests on. It's got like Red, Heisem. I saw Xavier on a podcast today. Um, yeah. Like, awesome. Go listen to that. Uh, as for us, we will be here tomorrow uh, for the eviction recap. And we might be covering the wall. We did a little pre uh, pressure cooker live play-by-play -play for a little bit. So you might see us do the wall. I'll try to be there um but yeah there. hopefully we'll be there i don't, I don't know we'll see. <laughs> um but this has been reality now thank you so much and we will see you all later bye everyone bye, -bye.